Today's episode is sponsored by More Labs. More Labs offers vegan and gluten-free supplements with proven ingredients to help you fight everyday stressors. Hangovers can be rough. Morning recovery is designed to reduce the negative effects after drinking and boost your body's natural response to post-alcohol recovery. Aqua Plus Probiotics and Aqua Plus Immunity are hydration mix options to help with gut health or immune health. Lacking energy? Check out Liquid Focus, a better-for-you energy drink that's designed to boost focus and provide clean, smooth energy. Sleep is the key to the best version of yourself, so try Dream Well, a holistic shot made to help you fall asleep quickly and give you a better night's rest. Can't decide? The Life Hack Pack is a variety pack containing their morning recovery, liquid focus, and dream well. Use the code GJWT to get 20% off when you check out at morelabs.com. That's GJWT at morelabs.com. Hello everyone, I'm Diana. And I'm Naomi. And this is Girls Just Want to Thrive. It's a lifestyle podcast where we talk to women who are thriving not only in their careers, but in life. We'll discuss current and relevant topics in beauty, wellness, dating and relationships, and self-care. We would love for you to join our new community for uplifting women from all walks of life. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to be the first to hear new episodes every week. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are joined by Krista King, an integrative nutrition practitioner. And Compose Nutrition is your business, correct? Yeah, that's the name of my business, my private practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, before we get into anything, can you just introduce yourself, what your background is before you became all of these titles that we didn't say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So my main background is I'm a registered dietitian. So really using nutrition as my main tool when working with clients and um, incorporating an integrative and functional approach to health and nutrition. And really what that means is taking the best of the conventional health world with the more holistic side of health to apply the things that will work best for your body and really understanding how all of the systems in the body work together. Great. That's very interesting. So what made you decide to kind of go down that path? Yeah, so I really got interested in uh, preventative health and really understanding, you know, what is the root causes of all these things driving the symptoms that we're seeing today and conditions. Really, Mm -hmm. Um, I lost my mom when I was in college um, over 10 years ago now. And at that time, she was really starting to dig into, you know, why the why of all of the health issues that she was experiencing. And so that really um, drove me to want to, you know, pursue that. And um, at the time, you know, there wasn't really as many um, credentialing or coaching or, you know, health and wellness, you know, uh, avenues, it was kind of like, 
right. to become a dietitian was really what I knew to do at the time. <laughs> so that was the path I pursued. And I'm grateful for that conventional, you know, kind of medical background, but then felt like there was, you know, some pieces missing, you know, it wasn't quite answering all the questions I had. So then, um, really did some additional training in the integrative and functional nutrition, which really is helping to incorporate more of those holistic practices. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So then when it comes to health coaching, what does it mean to have a functional or an integrative approach? Yeah. Yeah. So functional really just means understanding how all of the systems in the body work together and integrative, really taking, you know, I mentioned the conventional uh, health world and the holistic health world, integrating the best practices for you and your body. And really the, um, you know, I guess, uh, benefits of having this uh, registered dietitian um, credential as well is really understanding, you know, kind of like the nitty gritty science biochemistry of what's going on in the body and really, you know, uh, being able to take a look at, um, you know, all the, all the things going on in the body and understanding, you know, what to do, what to apply through nutrition and lifestyle. Oh, wow. So it sounds like there's a whole lot more to it than just eat good foods and exercise. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. It kind of gets translated into that when, you know, we're talking about, you know, what things to apply. But yeah, when I'm, you know, looking kind of at all the different things, yeah, I'm you know, looking at, you know, nutrient, potential nutrient deficiencies, the stress response, how are our hormones affected? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot that can go into it. Your online practice, Composed Nutrition, offers so many different types of services. Can you dive deeper into what you offer and how you help your clients? Yeah, definitely. So when I work with one-on-one clients, that is all done virtually. I have a couple different packages, but, you know, at the core, it's nutrition and lifestyle uh, mm-hmm. counseling and coaching, and then the opportunity to add on either at-home hormone testing or at-home gut health testing, which really helps, you know, with uncovering those uh, root causes, you know, understanding what may be behind your uh, symptoms. And so that's the one-on-one work I do, and I do have um, a self-guided course um, that is, you know, another option as well. Very cool. Yeah. So what exactly is an at-home hormone test and an at-home gut test? Like, what does that consist of? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the at-home hormone test that I use is called the Dutch hormone test. And Dutch stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And Okay. What we're uh, doing with that, it's a urine sample that you're collecting at four different points throughout the day. And um, the reason for that is in addition to our sex hormones, which we often think of when we're talking about our our hormones and our menstrual cycle. um, Also, uh, we're testing your cortisol or your stress hormone as Mm. well. And to do that, we need to kind of look at the picture throughout the day, which is the reason for the four samples. Because if we just have one point of cortisol, um, because it fluctuates throughout the day, it's not really going to be telling us that, you know, much information. Right. So um, it's a urine sample you're collecting, and then we um, get your hormone levels and then some additional information too. So how is your body metabolizing your hormones? And a couple vitamin and mood chemical markers too. So that's mm. the hormone test. Very interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. And the gut health test, um, the one I use in my practice is called the GI map. And it's a stool test that you complete at home. So admittedly, you know, not the most enjoyable five minutes of your life, but (laughs) you get, um, you know, so much information from it. Um, We take a look at uh, potential pathogens or bacteria or viruses or parasites, you know, things we don't want in the gut that could be potentially affecting gut issues and uh, things like candida or fungal overgrowth. Mm -hmm. We take a look at your good and not so good bacteria and then some digestive health markers. You know, how's my gut immune function? How well am I digesting my food? And so with all of that information, we can really target an individualized approach because when it comes to gut health issues or gut issues, um, the symptoms are, you know, we have a handful of symptoms. We could experience, you know, abdominal pain, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and that's kind of it. And so everybody can have their own unique mix of root causes that are contributing to those symptoms. Okay. It's really nice that you offer those two at-home tests. That way you're not having to go into a sterile office and have an invasive procedure. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's nice having that option to do it at home. What is the most common thing that your clients are coming to you for? Yeah, so it's, um, I specialize in hormones, gut health and anxiety. So it's usually a combination of the three. So whether they're coming with a specific menstrual health issue or condition. So I do work a lot with PCOS and fertility. And then um, perhaps coming on the other side, the flip side, coming more with uh, gut issues kind of being the main issue. But usually, you know, there's a combination of both things going on. And then sometimes I'll work with clients on really how can we help and support our anxiety through nutrition and lifestyle. So whether that's more just generalized anxiety or um, our relationship to food or anxiety around food or disordered eating. Okay. Very cool. So it sounds like you offer your services on a whole range of different topics, which is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that it's usually, you know, some mix of all, all of those kind of going on. Mm -hmm. None of those things operate, you know, in a vacuum. So it's usually, you know, some level, you know, maybe not all of them, but you know, we, we touch on all of those when we're working together. That's true. You may think it's one issue that you're coming with, but it may uncover that it's multiple issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> or exactly. multiple areas that you could have work done on. Yeah. Now on your website, we saw that you have services specifically related around period problems. And mm-hmm. thus being a ladies podcast, we figured we'd want to touch on that topic for sure. Yeah. Um, so what can be classified as a period problem or something that would be assigned to someone that they would want to come to you for help? Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, PMS is so normalized, but really any of our period related symptoms that we are experiencing are a signal to dig a little deeper. So whether that's period pain or really irregular cycles, um, other symptoms that we're noticing that we typically kind of group into PMS or cycle-related, you know, things like acne or bloating, or I'll see the gut issues coming up as well. And then, um, you know, some particular conditions. I work with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome a lot, Um, some endometriosis. So if we have a specific uh, hormonal-related condition, that's something I'll uh, work with a lot as well. Mm. Okay. 
So what's the difference between PMS and the typical period symptoms that we're all familiar with? Yeah, so um, the typical symptoms pretty much encompass PMS. So PMS is premenstrual syndrome. And so we could have varying degrees of severity for that. But you know, so many of us are experiencing these symptoms and, um, you know, are really a signal from the body to dig a little deeper into why we may be experiencing them. Okay. Now we all have our monthly or maybe not monthly periods that come through. Are there different kinds or different types of periods that us ladies can experience? Um, So really, it's just our monthly cycle. It really, um, we actually have four phases that we go through throughout the month. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're starting on day one, that is um, first day of our period or full bleed, and that's our menstrual phase. And that should last about three to seven days. And so that's another thing to check in with, you know, is my period longer than seven days and really heavy, that would be something to look into. Or if it's less than three days, that could be kind of on the other end, potential low hormones going on. So checking in with our period health, period length, and then um, we move into our follicular phase after that. So what's going on there is our estrogen starts rising. So all of our hormones are low during our period. Our estrogen starts rising, leading up to ovulation. Once we ovulate, our hormones uh, will peak. Hopefully, we'll be producing progesterone, which is the hormone that kind of governs that second half of the cycle. And then if we don't get pregnant in that cycle, our hormones will peak and then decrease. And then the cycle will start over. And so an average cycle length is about 28 days. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still normal if it's anywhere from about 21 to 35 days, you know, ideally more around 24 days. But really what we want to look at is the consistency. So if your cycle is 30 days and it's around that, give or take a day or two consistently, that's still normal. We don't have to have this exact 28-day cycle. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, just thinking back to like when I first was starting my period and comparing it to my other girlfriends and ours were very different from each right. other. But it's it's nice to know that there is some of that wiggle room. But mm-hmm. I guess if you kind of go outside that window, then it may be too irregular and then definitely seek some help. Yeah, definitely. If we're seeing cycles that are really, really short, so less than 21 days um, or really, really long, greater than 35 days, or you're having something where it's like, 23, 32, 27, you know, really irregular. Those are things, um, you know, that really aren't normal that um, could be something to dig into. Okay. Now, I just have a quick question. So both Diana and I were former athletes. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really typical with female athletes Mm -hmm. to have very irregular periods. Yeah. And I was just curious as to what your thought or input was on that. Like, Mm -hmm. is it is it truly, truly normal to have irregular periods when a female athlete? Or is that really kind of like an overlooked sign that we could have been like going and having additional work or help done? Yeah, you know, our, our periods are really like an additional vital sign that really, mm-hmm. I kind of call it like True. check engine light of, you know, how has our health been over the course of the last month? And if we are missing our period that, you know, it actually isn't normal, but it is really common among athletes or student athletes, you know, um, because um, the cortisol or stress response, you know, can have a domino effect on our sex hormones. And if our body does not deem it safe 
to reproduce, and then it's going to kind of shut down everything. And so it is something that is really kind of commonly, you know, not really thought of. We think like, oh, great, I don't have my period. But what, you know, our, our periods are really important for our overall health. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I want to ask you how we can relieve cramps, bloating, body aches, all that stuff without the pill. Because mm-hmm. I think the mm-hmm. pill, well, for me, I think people kind of jump to the pill if they have like a lot of bad cramps instead of looking at maybe their nutrition or certain ingredients they're taking in. So I want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. So the pill is really, you know, commonly prescribed Mm -hmm. conventional medicine is kind of like the cure-all for our period problems and the thing is you know it can help our symptoms but it's not addressing the root cause of the symptoms and so another important thing too is that the bleed that we get on the pill is not a true period it's a withdrawal bleed so it's not the same thing as you know having a bleed after we're ovulating because the pill shuts down ovulation. And so when we're thinking about what are the things that we can do to support our hormones, and you know, help with some of those things like the cramping and the bloating, you know, blood sugar balance is really foundational for our hormone health. So are we eating consistently incorporating carbs, protein and fat at meals? Um, When it comes to the pain, you know, incorporating anti inflammatory foods. So can we be making sure we're getting a variety of different colors, um, you know, focusing on healthy fats as opposed to inflammatory oils. So examples would be things like our olive or coconut or avocado oils or fatty fish like salmon or some nuts or seeds, um, as opposed to, you know, like vegetable oils or processed oils that can be really inflammatory. So when we're thinking about some of these symptoms, we really, you know, whenever there's any sort of pain going on in the body, we want to think inflammation. So how can we balance the inflammation is kind of um, one thing to think about. Very interesting. Now, my my father believed that if you were having long periods that you needed to increase your iron intake. So I ate a lot of steaks during my time of the month. <laughs> Is there any validity behind that rational? <laughs> Actually, yes. Okay. So, um, but, you know, with a couple, you know, things to consider. So, um, you know, if we are losing a lot of blood during our period, you know, we are at risk of losing a lot of iron because mm-hmm. in the blood we're losing iron, we're losing zinc, we're losing B12. So those are important nutrients that we want to make sure we are replenishing and red meat or high quality red meat can be a good food source for that. But it's also important to, you know, be mindful of the amount that works for our body. And then also know that we could have um, an estrogen dominance situation going on where estrogen is not balanced with progesterone. And so, um, you know, red meat can be a you know, good food source for those nutrients, but we would want to make sure it's a high quality or, you know, grass fed possibly if um, that's available. Um, And then also the heavy menstrual bleeding can be a sign of low thyroid function as well. So checking Mm. thyroid health is really important. Okay. So he he wasn't totally crazy. He may have been onto something. (laughs) (laughs) He must have heard that from another woman because there's no way he just (laughs) like knew. I have no idea of his source, but I had a lot of steaks. (laughs) (laughs) Once a month. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, going back to the pill and birth control, can you give us what the differences are between hormonal birth control and non-hormonal birth control in regards to its mm-hmm. effects on the body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hormonal birth control, we have the pill or the hormonal IUD. And so that would be, you know, providing synthetic forms of hormones, whether it's um, both synthetic estrogen and progesterone, or just a progesterone Mm -hmm. only, um, which is actually a progestin, it's actually um, an artificial or synthetic form of hormones. So it's not going to be, you know, exactly, you know, our hormones, but what it's doing, it's going to be suppressing ovulation. And so our own hormone production is going to be getting shut down. So I don't ever really recommend testing hormones while on hormonal birth control, because all we're going to be getting back are low levels indicating like, great, our birth control is working. Right. Telling us, you know, what's actually going on with my hormones, because they're being affected. Then we have non-hormonal options, which something like the copper IUD is a non-hormonal um, option. And that, um, you know, will not be providing synthetic hormones. And then we have some of these more, you know, natural alternatives, whether using something like the fertility awareness method, which involves temperature tracking. Our baby. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? I've seen that like everywhere. And yeah. I'm like, so confused with like natural cycles. I've mm-hmm. seen that brand. So I was considering it, but mm-hmm. I really want to know like, what yeah. is it? Yeah, definitely. So fertility awareness method and a great book to check out all the things about this um, is taking charge of your fertility. So okay, pretty dense book but you will learn everything you need to know there. Um, And it's also possible to work with a fertility awareness method educator too, if you really wanted to, you know, dig into, you know, working with your own cycle. But in general, um, it involves tracking your basal body temperature, meaning um, we want to be testing to the 0.00 degrees. So you can get just a, you know, a thermometer on Amazon. That's a pretty cost-effective way to do it. And you can use an app. I like to use the app, the Kindara app that you can just download from the app store. Um, There may be a subscription. Um, You'd have to check that out. But you can check. um, So you track your temperature very first thing in the morning. um, And then you can record that. And what we're looking for is after ovulation, there is a temperature shift that happens because progesterone raises your body temperature just slightly. And so when we're tracking, we'll see the temperatures and then you'll see it, um, you know, should see a distinct rise. And so that can help to confirm ovulation. Um, But the thing is, we don't only want to rely on the temperature because we can only confirm that it happened. It's not really a good predictive Mm -hmm. marker. And so that's where we start checking with our cervical fluid. And so that changes throughout our cycle. As we are nearing ovulation, it um, is more of this stretchy, egg white, watery consistency. And so pairing that with the temperature Um, we can have a predictive marker and then confirm ovulation. And so we can use that whether we are actively trying to conceive or actively not trying to conceive. So we know where our fertile window is. Okay, so it's not just some random trendy thing. It's definitely trendy, but it also uh, works and helps. (laughs) 
Okay, yeah. great. Good to know. That sounds really interesting. I've personally never heard of that before. So it's kind really? of blowing my, blowing my mind, yeah. but <laughs> it sounds really interesting and something that I'll definitely have to read into to learn more about. Yeah, and you can also use um, ovulation predictor strips. So that is measuring a hormone called your luteinizing mm-hmm. hormone. And that's something that rises right before you ovulate. And so um, if you get a positive result, um, that could indicate you're about to ovulate. And so that's just another thing that you can kind of add in with, you know, all of these cycle tracking things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Diane and I are both taking mental notes for when it comes to the time mm-hmm. that we want to have some little kiddos. <laughs> so you've mentioned that approach. Is there other holistic or natural routes other than taking birth control to track ovulation and prevent pregnancy if that's your your route? Yeah, definitely. So I really what I just mentioned, the um, fertility awareness method is a great way with um, also tracking the um, ovulation with ovulation predictor strips that can be helpful as well. So once you, you know, uh, it's not recommended to use this, you know, as a definite, you know, in the first cycle, you kind of got to, you know, get used to the method and used to your body. But once um, or understanding, you know, these signs your body is giving you, but then once, you know, you're kind of getting in the swing of it, you can start, you know, almost knowing if you are ovulating or when you are ovulating. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Now you just told us so much information. What does a typical workday look like for you? Are you like researching constantly too and like giving feedback and like trying to keep up with, I don't know, more holistic ways people can control mm-hmm. their hormones, their periods, gut health, mm-hmm. all that stuff. What does it look like? Yeah, so it really varies day by day. But typically, my client days are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that's when I typically have any other calls I'm doing. And then Monday and Friday are kind of like everything else. <laughs> day. So whether that is, you know, working on social media or other things or, you know, yes, researching, uh, learning more, you know, I'm always learning more about all of all of these topics, um, you know, doing client reviews, reviewing their, you know, hormone tests. So, you know, every day is a little bit different, but that's uh, some of the things that I'm doing. Very cool. I love your Instagram, by the way. It's very helpful. And I love the little charts and little animations and stuff. So very helpful. Yeah, it helps to simplify things rather than going on to Google and being Mm -hmm. completely overwhelmed or somehow getting sidetracked onto WebMD and Going down that rabbit hole. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So those those days sound a bit crazy and can change Mm -hmm. weekly, I imagine, and daily. And so what do you do to kind of take time for yourself and like what's your self-care routine to kind of wind down from those long days? Yeah, yeah. So I am pretty mindful about scheduling things things, you know, typically, I don't have anything scheduled until 10am okay. in nice. the morning. Oh, nice. And, and um, you know, so my brain is not really working <laughs> at 7am. I need that time. And um, I'm a little bit more of a night owl. So that tends to work better for me. And then trying to have a specific cutoff time for when I'm done. And, um, you know, either going on a walk or yoga really helps me transition from like work, busy, mind to okay now it's the evening mm-hmm. and just being consistent with my meals 
um, you know, uh, having a nighttime routine, I always, you know, take a shower and have my skincare routine. And, you know, we got like the blackout curtains, oh, yes. and, you know, doing all these things to help my sleep because sleep is so, so important. Um, yeah. So those are just some of the Love it. <laughs> so what are some takeaways of this episode that our listeners should keep an eye out for? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really helpful, you know, the cycle tracking that we we're talking about. So if you're looking for a starting point of, you know, oh my gosh, this is so much information, just start getting curious about your own body and checking in with, you know, am I experiencing these symptoms? And can I start tracking them and start, you know, noticing, you know, oh, okay, every time of this part of the month is when I'm noticing this come up, you know, start making connection for what is, you know, coming up in your own health and your own body and, you know, start maybe um, checking in with some of those cycle tracking things that we talked about. And then when it comes to, you know, nutrition and lifestyle, really foundational nutrition um, is the blood sugar balance, like I mentioned, you know, if we are not eating consistently or including enough carbs, protein and fat, you know, that's where we can really see our energy dips or really it can contribute to our mood and anxiety as well. Yeah, I definitely experience when my blood sugar is low. I get very cranky and lash out at people. (laughs) So I know that I need a snack. (laughs) Yeah. Um, is there anything that we did not cover on this episode that you wanted to add to it before we get details on where our listeners can go to find you? Yeah, maybe I'll just share a, kind of a theme that's been coming up a lot lately. And it's just, you know, the effects of stress on our cycles and our health. Yes. But then also the mm-hmm. added layer that I've been seeing too is, you know, then we try to, you know, like, fix the problem or fix our health. And then we kind of fall into, you know, the protocol is going to help or this is going to, you know, so it's finding this balance of understanding how stress is affecting our body, but then, you know, not being so, so strict with ourselves with, you know, this exact plan I have to follow to fix this because I see a lot of um, health anxiety, you know, and just anxiety about am I doing all the right things to support my health? And so it's just really finding that that balance there. I think that's great that you noted that I'm big in that I want to follow a very strict protocol. And if it's not, if things mm-hmm. aren't going my way, then I, something's wrong with me. Like all hell breaks right. loose. Um, but it, yeah. it's good to know that I need to look deeper into things, not panic. Maybe what we're doing is not right. the the best situation and just kind of pivot (laughs) into a different treatment method or or stress reducer. So where can everyone find you and learn more about you? Give us your website, Instagram, Twitter, if you have it, all the goods. Yeah. So you can find my website is composednutrition.com. So all of my offerings you can find there. And I am on Instagram also at Compose Nutrition. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We love talking about ant flow and hormones with you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share our podcast. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peace.